Extra Butter Podcast. I could not get jiggy with that first nun, man. I was just like, this is... John Blaze, I can get jiggy with this. I couldn't get, couldn't get Will Smith jiggy with it, bro. That's funny as hell. No, I just looked it up. It, it had like a 32 opening weekend, so it'll be fine. Yeah, it'll be totally fine, man. People, hey man, so it's it's horror movie season, bro. We are we are we are live in it. And speaking of live, we are live. Look at that transition. I'm telling you, man, I'm getting good at this. Welcome to Extra Butter, your podcast yeah. for great conversation and great movies. This is Cam. This is Delon. And we are in spooky season, ladies and gentlemen. By the time you're hearing this, it should be October second for one of the two. One of those dates, yeah. So we're we're just hitting the the October season. I've always, I might have said this last October, but October to me is the Friday of months. It's my favorite. It's mm. my favorite month of the year. Mm. It's not even my birthday, baby. But I still don't care. I love October, especially yeah. like you're from New Hampshire. I'm from Maryland. This was usually used to be hoodie weather. Oh my! God. You know what I mean? We yeah. we we are located in Orlando, Florida, where it is not hoodie it's weather, hot. but it's hot as hell. Usually it'd be sweater weather. Sweater. Yeah, weather. but oh man, when you could pull out that the hoodie, the sweatpants, mm-hmm. the beanie combo, bro. You couldn't. <laughs> ooh, I was I was dripping like a leaky faucet, baby. <laughs> Listen to that in sync on your skippable Walkman. It's you're gonna right. be my <laughs> you're all I ever needed. Bro, you were into that song last time, dude. I, uh, I was cranking it. I man. want you back in sync. Oh, it's a banger, so bro. Good, it's man. a banger. But unlike um, other uh, other department stores that have put out Halloween stuff back in August, we uh we slowly transitioned in. Yeah, and we're did. going heavy on October. So the the pick here. For our first film for Spooky Season, this is a very, very, very favorite of mine. Alien. First mm. Alien, 1979. Woo! Directed by Ridley Scott. The legend. The myth. The man, the myth, the legend. The myth, myth, myth. And, most uh, people, I feel like most people know some of the films he's done. He's, 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 he is... Hit me with a list, baby. Oh, yeah, let me get to it. Because he's got both some absolute highlights, and then he's got some low to lows. <laughs> He does for sure. Uh, yeah, like seventy-seven. We got the Duelist, which I never saw. Then we got Alien. We got oh, Harrison Ford, Blade Runner. What Blade a Netrunner. what a gem! And then he we're ran going, those blades, man. And then we're going through a bunch of movies that you may or may not have heard of. Legend, someone to watch over me. Black Rain, Thelma and Louise, uh, oh, GI Jane, which is what uh, Chris Rock got slapped for. The Gladiator. <laughs> <laughs> uh Hannibal, Gladiator. Gladiator. A, a good year american gangster body of lies robin hood prometheus exodus Ugh. gods and kings which i heard wasn't that good the martian which i loved fantastic film uh, and then I'm, I'm i'm scrolling through we got alien covenant as well but the the movie that i'm most excited for coming up right now is napoleon yes is, is I, also we believe him. we said that on a future uh previous podcast we were talking about yeah. walking but yeah, the upcoming film I got here, Apple film as well, is going to be Napoleon, Walking Phoenix. The battle scenes remind me so much of Gladiator, so I like that. Uh, I like that feel. I like what's going on there. Yep, yep, yep. It's looking beautiful. But uh, so, Alien. you want to talk about the plot? The plot of Alien. Okay, so. <laughs> We're gonna spoil Alien like a motherfucker, right? Yeah, now. if you haven't seen Alien again, it, we're we're in this. I'm gonna say this like obviously I'll say spoilers for every review we do, but 
we're going through classics at this point, like movies that like you should have seen. So mm-hmm. if you haven't seen Alien, Aliens, Scorny Weaver was nominated for a freaking Oscar for Aliens. Like if you haven't seen these movies, what what are you doing? I'm so sorry for you. What are you doing? <laughs> but anyway, go ahead, Dylan. Alien is about a uh, actually a mining ship, big ass mining ship going through space. It's on the return journey home and they get woken up from their beautiful cryo sleep Mm. tubes open up and they received a distress beacon from some unknown origin on this unknown planet and her company policy because it's all about the cheddar they have to go investigate to see if there's any sort of signs of life they dip down they get on the planet they find some creepy eggs and a uh, parasite-like thing jumps out and attaches itself to uh, one of the crew. And then later it comes out of his body and then quickly grows into a giant xenomorph as the alien has become known in the second film. I think they call him a xenomorph, yeah, xenomorph for the first time. And it's all about trying to survive. For, In my opinion, the film is a straight horror film. There's all the like trappings of a sci-fi film that makes science fiction good. It's got every element you need, but it is a straight horror film to me. The the atmosphere, the music, the tension, the slow burn, mm-hmm. the the lighting, the the cramped in hallways, the corridors that everyone runs through, the kills, you know, on-screen, off-screen kills, people splitting up Scooby-Doo style, taking them out one by one. It's a slasher this, slasher that. And it just does it with absolute perfection. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself, man. This movie is, uh, if you don't like the feeling of being claustrophobic, this is is not the film for you. Because Ridley Scott doesn't let you breathe for a fucking second in this movie. (laughs) And a lot lot of it is uh, like handheld. And I found out that a lot of it is actually handheld by him. Yep, 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 exactly. Uh, oh, I knew what he wanted. You knew what he wanted to do. Um, yeah, if, if there's movies that you want to give like a grade to, this is this is an A+. Plus. I, t- we, we were just talking about a new horror movie or a new alien movie called uh, No One Will Save You. Um, and I, to this day, it's 2023, this movie came out in 79. There hasn't been a cooler design for an alien, mm-hmm. uh, a cooler design since this movie. This movie has, to me the sickest design of an alien the pre- they they are the xenomorphs are the coolest looking i i should get that tattooed bro <laughs> they look so sick bro um, it looks so cool it's very widely known that uh the design is mostly from uh he's a swiss swiss man giger mm-hmm. and i please look this up when you hear this episode hr giger because i have found his books looked at his artwork and it is effing terrifying it's just these i wouldn't say innuendos but it's really not it's just these weird graphic sexual images mixed in with like cyberpunk machinery black twist of metal and stuff it looks when you look at his his stuff that he would do before even alien you could see like oh look that's alien right there like you see exactly where he got some of these like weird phallic shapes and he's such a weird kind of dude like when he talks he it creeps you out but his design is unbelievable and it's become so uniquely iconic that it's just been run with for yeah since 79 absolutely it's 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 almost like 
I don't know when you saw this movie, Dylan. Obviously, we both weren't born when this movie came out. I didn't mm. see it till I was maybe. Oh, I don't know. In college, I, I didn't see it in high school. Like I, I, you know, I missed it. So I think I saw it in college, and I'm kind of happy I did. I'm kind of happy I didn't see it as a kid because I, I think, I, as you're older and watching it, you kind of catch how mm. it almost feels like oddly sexual. It's of this alien like. Mm-hmm. operates the fact that it's like he opens a mouth to open another mouth to the way they attach themselves to people like it feels like yeah like invasive in a way that feels i, I don't know how to describe I, I i'm saying sexual but i really do feel that way it feels like it's no no, like, no. it's you know extremely I mean? it's extremely intentional yeah the, oh okay sure the original writers dan o'bannon ronald chessa they were kind of working on this together and that was the idea that came from Ronald was that they needed some sort of clever way. They had the whole first act written out of establishing the crew and all this great scenes on the ship. And then they got the distress beacon, but they wanted a way to figure out how does the alien get on board and something that's creative that hadn't been done at that point. And the thing was, oh, what if the alien bangs one of them? But they were just like, what the hell are you talking about? And it's you know, the <laughs> idea of it implanting a seed inside of you and then it bursting out of you and effectively you know just using you as a host and then killing you and it's definitely meant to be a weird sexual thing that's why i think giger's designs work so well because it's it makes you uncomfortable and it's really creepy absolutely absolutely it it, it feels i don't know it just feels icky they I always think about uh uh well actually let's first let's get to the cast um banger cast banger cast bro uh this is one of those movies where every member of this cast feels it's it's it the way uh ridley sets you up in this movie it it feels like a lived in universe it doesn't feel like you're being put into a, a, a an atmosphere that's like oh they're kind of figuring it out you feel that these people know each other everyone knows their assignment on the ship the ship feels I, when I think about these new movies that are in spaceships, everything is, and maybe it's because of CGI and what we can do now with technology, everything feels so clean and shiny and like space is super technology. Like this one, though, yes, it is space. It feels dirty, grimy, lived in. Like mm-hmm. it, it's, it's one of the best set designs I've ever seen. It's immaculate. It, it's immaculate. Like it, it, everything feels. Right now, we're watching a scene where they're all eating like dinner together, and it, it just feels like a camaraderie of people that know each other and have lived this. And like it's 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 it stands the test of time. Like any person that watches this movie now um is going to under you're going to relate with somebody in this cast no matter when you watch it you know what i mean uh dylan you want to talk about some of the cast members in this well for the for this it's alien um came on the heels of star wars obviously star wars is 76 and star wars established that you know lucas was like this is going to be a lived-in universe uh han's ship is going to be dirty as fudge and everything's going to look a little more realistic and with this the the characters come so alive because they're so real and tangible. Like I know those dudes who are grease monkey guys who are complaining that everyone gets more money in them and they get screwed over, (laughs) you know, like you knew someone who had that story or you did, you knew like, Oh, people don't always get along. You know, not everyone's wearing like a shiny jumpsuit. Harry Dean Stanton's wearing like, you know, Hawaiian button ups and a trucker hat. (laughs) Half the cast is smoking on the spaceship. 
And I love it because I'm like, it gives us a universe that's so far in the future that it's no longer about like, oh, this has got to be this way and vacuum and this and it's shiny. It's like, no, they're like, they're like truckers on a road. They're digging, they're mining. You can do whatever you want in this ship. And it gives you such a, like a real life kind of feeling and it makes it great. But uh, very, uh, this stars a very new Sigourney Weaver who the cast thought really wasn't up to par with them, which is really funny. Yeah. Uh, Harry Dean Stanton, who is very famous. John Hurt. You might remember John Hurt uh, played Ollivander in the uh, Wizard of Oz films. Mm -hmm. He got his chance to play the War Doctor in Doctor Who. Ian Holm, who will probably be best remembered for people as Bilbo. Yep. um, In the uh, original Lord of the Rings trilogy. And dude, one of my weird favorites is the other girl from the ship, Veronica Cartwright. Who I call the hysterical lady because yeah. anything I've seen her in, she plays that so well. She was in an old Twilight Zone episode, and I love the Twilight Zone references. Yes, it's my favorite show. And she was in; she played the hysterical crying kid in the birds from the schoolyard, oh. where the birds come in and start pecking away at the kids. Sure. She's in there as well. She was in the remake of Evasion of the Body Snatchers with. Um, donald sutherland and she's in here also playing hysteria i just love it for some reason she's so stupidly good at it man yeah 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 but my uh, favorite guys are definitely the the mechanic guys they're so funny to me man yeah they're great dude. they yeah like you said like it feels like uh regularly dudes you see like on a yard or like any mm-hmm. type of like car mechanic shop but like you just said this is the future where those people still exist they just yeah. now are on spaceships. You know yeah. what I mean? It's, 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 it's the same shit, you know? Um, it, feel, it feels very relatable, whereas some science fiction films are so hardcore sci-fi that they alienate the audience sometimes because you have to like that that level of sci-fi, that little niche mm-hmm. of it, you know, which is a reason Like Star I think, Trek almost. Like Star Trek. There's a yeah. level of sci-fi in Star Trek that may not get you, but there's a, a different sort of universal level in star wars that feels fun and approachable and this is everyone everyone if you if you can't relate as a luke you can relate as a han solo you know what Mm -hmm. i mean yeah han solo is an everyman or chewbacca (laughs) or uh billy d you know what i mean like hey bro i'm telling you man like star wars has characters that you don't really need to be a huge Mm -hmm. sci-fi person to relate to these characters whereas which is why you usually see such a big difference in when you're looking at a Star Trek fan, like in a Star Wars fan, because Star Trek is so like advanced, mm-hmm. you know what? You know, it's so it's 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 just completely different genres of space movie, and I feel like Alien is like the the step cousin of like everyone's like, hey man, we're in this together, baby, like you know, like and then on top of that, you have Sigourney Weaver in arguably the best female lead role ever you know what i mean like she is the most badass character if there's a ranking for women characters being badass she's got to be top three if not number one she's she'll always be like the uh strong female written character she'll always be like the poster child of it absolutely She's she's the final girl she's badass you don't have to always do action to be a, a great written character for a of female not. but it right. always ends up being one of the prime examples because she just runs circles around people in these films she absolutely dominates her scenes you know i'm telling you man it's 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 really cool to watch her character 
um again in the 70s right where like you don't really expect a woman to have those kind of like in the in this movie she gets shit done she's someone who is like notorious like there's that scene where uh like speaking of like you know like we've just gone through like a quarantine times they're like in quarantine mm-hmm. And she is so by the rule. She always has a cool head. She always understands, like, you know, like, hey, like, Dallas is like, let us back in. She's like, I can't. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not how this go. Like, she's. She would she's- have saved half the crew by denying them entry. Right. You know you what know, I mean? She she is so by the numbers at all times. Like, it's 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 cool to see, man. Ripley, it does not fuck around. And then, like, going into, like two when she when it's amped up to another level she's even somehow even more badass in two like it's it's i love this character so much ripley is sick bro and i loved uh i don't know if anyone's ever been to disney world but there used to be a ride called the great movie ride bring me back baby bro and they had this like alien sequence where you'd like uh take this like i don't little like monorail type cart and you go through like different parts of movies so like gene wilder and mary poppins and uh, all this type of stuff and you go through Alien, and it was an animatronic of Sigourney Weaver just like moving her head. <laughs> that looks nothing like nothing her. like Sigourney Weaver, and but I it looked to... cool. Yeah, they had a xenomorph in there too, which I always loved uh, going came, through. So. It came down from the ceiling and had yep. smoke. Oh man, it was so freaking. Cool. It was cool, man. Like that I, ride, I missed man. that ride. I missed that, that ride, ride. Was so cool because it, like that's all any film guy wants is to just live in the world of it. So if you can make the set. And then put the characters in it. I was like, dude, I'm in it. Like the xenomorphs are here. Bro. I just went by Dorothy. I was in Oz Indiana Jones. Like, you it, know what I mean? Everything. Casablanca. Yeah. When yeah. they got rid of that and they put in the Mickey Mini Railway thing, I was like, yeah. I did the- was ever the same. Just like Drake, baby. When I did the Disney College program in 2013, I so desperately wanted to be one of the dudes that like talks oh, and ride. Of- yeah, uh, I was so mad when I didn't get it. Once somebody I knew a girl that did it, and I was always so jealous of her because she was always like <laughs> able to, like she took us on the ride once, and like we were on the front row, and she was just like spitting. I was like, man, I want to be, I want to be so you. Much, it'd be so yeah. much fun to it was tell so much people fun. that's what you do for work, right? And when you talked to, we talked to her, and she was like, yeah, you know, you just do uh, three rides. Like I think for I forget how she explained it it was like you do three rides of like talking and then you do like that takes you like because it's like you go and then like a couple of other people go then you go you three then you stop you do like the line for a little bit then you do another three and then your shift is over so i was mm-hmm. to me it was just like that's just a perfect way to plan out a shift you know what i mean like yep. three do the line for a little bit do three more and my shift's done you know like it's beautiful you know what a great day Right, exactly. And you get to talk about movies. You know what I mean? They they let you have your little bits of improv if you wanted it, but you know, you're just talking about these fantastic movies. Like it's so cool. Um, workers at Disney are so happy because they're doing something awesome, and they're I'm just like, "Yeah, I'm, dri- I'm driving the Animal Kingdom uh, right? safari truck, making jokes about the backside of water." Like, right? Y'all want to see a lion? You know, like <laughs> here's a lion roaring. Isn't that see cool? This lion Simba. Exactly, bro. No, I liked what you were saying earlier when you were talking about, uh, you know, the first time you had seen it and then trying to watch it again later. And I think it's so crucial to come at movies with context because I had you usually don't even see when you're younger. You don't even see full films. You just kind of see moments from it like you catch it on TV or your parents are watching it or you heard about a scene. And for this, the most infamous scene from Alien is a chestburster scene where 
after the face hugger comes off, they think he's okay. And then they're having dinner. Everyone's chilling, shooting the breeze. They're going to about to go back into cryo sleep. And the alien just starts breaking out through his chest and just blows through. And for a 70s audience, that was pretty crazy. There's yep. blood in it. You know, it, it's a little, it feels outdated for us now because of the effects. But I like that it's, you know, an actual physical effect. It's not CGI. It lends so much to like the realness of it. Yep. Um, like that's the scene I had known about even before I had seen the whole movie. But this film, much like Jurassic Park, I'll watch all the time. Like every couple of years, I'll go back to it and it just seems to get smarter. And I pick 100%. up. Yeah. Like you pick up more, you understand subtleties more, you understand the characters, things that were surprising. Now you kind of see earlier how they displayed it and. You're yeah, talking about spoilers. The dude yeah. that's like an android. What's yeah. his name? Uh, Ash. Ash. Yeah. Like, there's certain. Uh, we already said spoilers. There's certain uh, scenes when you're first watching it. Mm-hmm. He'll make faces at conversations that seem completely normal. Yeah. And then when you watch it again, it's almost like you watch him analyze. Like, how the fuck are we going to get this alien like back? You know what I mean? Like, you see like him like analyze the cat the crew and it, it, it's it's cool like it, the looks mean something completely different on another on another viewing which means really scott is out here playing chess yeah when he's directing you know what i mean like he's it, it's it's so cool to see like the the little nuances that he does with that um do you have it's any favorite a... scenes because obviously like there is this one and the director's cut which I, for alien i like the director's cut more but then in aliens i like the regular the theatrical version more than i like the director's cut i feel like the pacing's a little better and yeah the aliens theatrical <sighs> this one will always be my favorite to me because i think that the pacing of it there, there's a couple films that i think create like the perfect atmosphere they use yeah. everything they have in it to immerse you in that there's no weird music choice that brings you out of it there's no camera move or switch up that makes you realize i'm watching a film like you are soaked in it this and the thing are perfect atmospheric pictures to me Mm. um and it's no better represented in my opinion than when they first find the ship on uh whatever the what's the planet called lv246 or whatever i think you're right i am blanking uh (laughs) i think you're right yeah, the when they when they first see the weird, you know, yeah. horseshoe shaped ship, there's just like this creepy ass tone. The atmosphere isn't good. They're coming out in these crazy looking spacesuits that are shooting like exhausts out the top. Then they show shots of it on like the crappy video monitor, and the music's coming in all creepy. There's all these you know darkness, the lights, and yep. then they get on the ship and they see what was then deemed the space jockey the creature and the big like pilot control and yeah. he, he uses um like kids short uh, i believe it was all kids to get that scale so when you're doing those shots where you pull back the space jockey looks so big because now it's not you know full adult actors yeah. for some reason that's my favorite part of the movie from when they're walking off and they find that and they look at the eggs and stuff because it just 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 perfectly represents i think what they were going for which is just unknown mystery and that's why i do not like the later films he made the prequel 
duo of uh, oh sure Prometheus yeah Prometheus and, and, yeah. and Covenant because yeah. what really shined was not knowing a damn thing and letting you just wonder then going through hell and then narrowly escaping when I then started getting answers for these things that you know the origin of it I was like nah <laughs> I'm yeah, good. I feel it I feel I, it I don't it, it kills what came before it when you tried to do that I feel yeah I feel it you have like uh do any more favorite scenes whether it is the director's cut or oh um, the, the other one that's my absolute favorite is ash's head the the one of the repair guys you know he hits his head with a like fire extinguisher or whatever yeah, his head yeah, comes yeah. off but they you know click him and press some buttons he's got milky white blood which i always think is so cool for the androids mm. and they put ash's head on the table and at first, it's just a prosthetic thing that looks good. And mm. then all of a sudden, it's like Ian Holmes there and his head speaking to them, ble- yep. you know, bleeding out, you know, gushing out milky whatever out of his mouth. And he just talks to them about the surprising news that Ridley found, which is that the company redirected them knowing that they were going to find whatever and that the objective was to get the alien and that the crew were completely expendable. Yep. And that he was, you know... He went a little nuts, a little robo chip burnt out. I love that scene because I think it just looks so stupidly cool with his head detached on the table like that. Yeah, that's a really good one, dude. Hell you got yeah. any, you got faves? You got faves? Uh, okay, okay. So my obviously it's the the chest burst scene is is iconic in in so many rights because it's one of the best jump scares ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, I heard that. Ridley didn't tell the cast about it with the uh the blood and whatnot just like about the the alien popping out of the chest like their reaction to it is is real holy yeah Veronica's Veronica's a stupid real because she just starts screaming yeah exactly so uh, to me like I love anything where where directors like try to let actors have honest moments of just Mm -hmm. like let me just surprise them and just see like because at that point they're not even acting this is just like that moment is reaction yeah it's just it's it's a reaction stay in the scene you know what i mean so i love that and then i i can't remember if this is the director's cut or not i think it is i don't think it was I, i don't think it was in the theatrical but Someone correct me if I'm wrong. There's a scene where Ripley, um, because like the aliens out here killing people and you don't know where they are. You're speaking of the the director's cut where they they find Dallas like all gooey. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And it's like exactly in like a cocoon or whatever. Mm -hmm. I always love that because it's like when you see that, it's like obviously, yeah, like you you talked about a little bit before where there's like some mystery to it. I kind of liked like seeing like, oh shit, these aliens are out here. Like, but like again, like, it just feels intimately wrong. Like, what are they going to do with it's them later? So like, yeah, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. what the fuck is this, bro? And she's like trying to burn them down. Like, oh man, dude, that, that seems to me like, is, is like, I wish, well, I think I saw the, th- I must've saw the director's cut first. Cause I remember that scene sticking with me really heavy. I've seen it was a multiple times. It was a like, deleted one that, that, yeah, they popped back in to the, the director's cut. That's what it was. And then he they were never sure if they yeah, yeah, whether you include it. I'm I'm okay either way. Like it's yeah. interesting to see, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm cool with the way it was. Yeah, the um, way again, like if, if if there is that also again, that cool omniance of like what are where are the bodies? Where are these mm-hmm. people? Like again, like if both of them work, 
I just like the that part. And then I think there's another part where uh, I know this one's the director's cut, where uh, uh, they see like the aliens just like hanging from the ceiling. You know what I'm talking mm. about? I don't think so. There's a scene where it's like, oh, forget. It's a, there's a dude with the glasses, and he's and he's like touching his face because like water is coming on his face, and then there's a shot of the alien just like hanging from the ceiling and there's no jump scare, no music cue. It's almost like you don't even know it's the alien until you like, are like, Oh shit. You know what I mean? And, and like, there's something about, I love, uh, especially cause again, we, I consider this a horror film just like you do. And I love uh, movies that show the monster. Cause again, in the beginning or during the theatrical run of this film, uh really scott did a really good job of like you barely kind of see the alien he's not really it, again your imagination is kind of like oh shit they might be right there or whatever the case may be but it's not like he's as prevalent like every other scene you see the xenomorph like chasing him down you know what i mean yeah. so x throwing files that- uh x files rules of keep it in the dark and then as it progresses you get a little slice and then a yeah, little bit more. Exactly. There, until you see like a whole body and even then it's a flash, you know? Yep. I don't know which director said it. Uh, I know it's a famous horror director. I cannot forget the name. I, I don't remember who said it. Uh, so don't quote me. But I know that there's a quote out there that is like, the audience's imagination is scarier than anything you can put on mm-hmm. screen. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh, it's perfect. And it's, it's 100% because there's so many things where like... Uh, when we get into um, later films of James Wan's verse, which I feel like I am such a nerd about James Wan's horror films. I think they're perfect. Uh, There's one scene in a James Wan's movie, The Conjuring, where you see the, um, there's a girl in bed and another girl, like she's like scared of like a corner of the closet. And uh, her sister gets up and like checks like the corner of the closet and she's like, I don't know. I don't see anything. And she's like moving her hands or whatever. James Wan screened that for, uh, you know, uh, executives or whatever before they went to go to like screen it. And the executive was watching that scene and they were like, wow, James, like, who did you put in the corner? And James is like, no one. There's no one there. Like, it's, it's just a dark corner. And, and the executive was so convinced that James was lying. Mm. because of how much he felt that there was someone in that corner in the dark corner and i and i love that shit i love like when you your head is like no fuck that there's something there you know what i mean like and and uh alien does a really good job of that but there's again i I know there's a scene where you see the alien just like hanging up in the ceiling and again it it shows him and it doesn't do anything there's no music here or anything and like you're just like is that did I just see what I thought I saw? Like the fuck, you know? What I mean, it almost looks like the um, the ride where you see the alien like up in the ceiling. Like it almost yeah. looks exactly like that. That's um, what makes the uh, that's what makes the ship design and his design so well is because at the end, after Ripley has blown up the ship, the main mm-hmm. ship, and she's taken like the shuttle, the alien is literally hiding in the wall, but his curved head looks like all the other curved pipes. And it's not till it like whips his hand out and scares her that you realize it's him, you know, camouflaging in. And it's why I like this more than the other Alien sequels. Because although Aliens is very cool, it's spun to action instead of horror. And you get all the real funny, funny Marines in there, like, you know, 
Bill, uh, Bill God Paxton rest his and whatnot. Soul, he was yeah. the best, bro. He's the best. Yeah, God rest his soul. And you see like 40 of them at a time and they're crawling. It's a great move because mm. instead of trying to remake this one and do another slow burn horror, it's let's turn it into action. Let's put 40 of them out there. And I think it works great. Yeah. But there's something about not knowing what it looks like being in their shoes and just having it pop up out of freaking nowhere it's all black you can't see anything it looks like coils from the ship it is something about that uh like stalker monster like a michael myers thing that i find so impressive you know absolutely dude you know what yeah. i didn't know until earlier was the john hurt's character kane that gets chest burst around him was played by a different actor i don't oh, have really? the actor's name on me but they literally were shooting with him and they got a little shooting done and they uh, Ridley Scott said he looked yellow like he was real sick looking and I guess he didn't know he had diabetes or there was something wrong with like oh my god the, the diabetes stuff that was going on with him so they mm -hmm. had to replace him and they managed to get John Hurt literally he was like on the set like the next day mm -hmm. and I'm just thinking how crazy that is because for John this is one of the most famous things like you had yeah, the alien burst done. out yeah. and it's so perfect to me that he in, passed away too right yeah back in 2017 yeah, that's right it's so amazing to me that in uh mel brooks's space balls when they mm. at the end of the film when they go to that space diner that it's john hurt again and yep. the alien comes out of him after he you know ate the 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 special or whatever was at the diner and i was yeah. like what a great sport that he would like <laughs> redo it for for a freaking comedy film and then of course yep. in, in mel brooks fashion the alien then does a song and dance number because it's not complete without it <laughs> shout out mel bro i love it ego um, mel you know what i mean this was actually a, a 20th century fox film and approved by the same dude alan ladd jr who was president at that time who also helped them greenlit star wars and protected lucas i find that so fascinating because that's like two insane sci-fi films under his belt what a freaking champion man yeah with an eye for talent and for me whenever i think of fox this is like a classic like this yeah. is right in there this makes me actually remember their studio all the time <laughs> this makes me remember them <laughs> i don't know well now that the mouse has everything now it's yeah. 20th century yeah. instead of fox you know what i mean it's a little yeah. sad like they're the destroying childhoods one at a time you know the mouse, the mouse but this, uh, surprisingly this was an 11 million dollar budget with a 184 return Jeez. so a good return because to put that in perspective there wasn't really you know they weren't really doing too many big big sci-fi pictures the biggest you had was in 68 you had 2001 kubrick's film mm -hmm. and then you had the first planet of the apes that went on to just keep doing better every time but even that first planet of the apes is a five million budget with a 33 return and planet of the apes turned into five films you know right but after Star Wars hit and hit big, they were like, we need something. And this this script was there. <laughs> so they said, yeah, throw that baby on, bro. We need some space stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thankful for that. Do you like this film or Aliens more? Uh, I think I'm always going to lead more towards horror. So I guess this one, because it is more of the horror. It, it leans heavy into the horror. Um. I think, yeah, I think as a film, I like this one more. As a character study, I like Aliens more. Mm -hmm. I like the, I like the Ripley stuff. I like the, I think it might be in the, um, 
director's cut where you find out that Ripley's a mother that like whose child died during while they were in Cairo sleep, I think. Yeah, I like that version better because it explains yeah. why she's so attached to Newt to when Newt, they find exactly. her because her daughter's gone because she spent fifty plus years in sleep with exactly. the cat. Yo, exactly. the cat, the cat went through the fifty-five year sleep as well, and he's as, still rocking. He's still rocking and rolling. Baby. The last I watched this film yesterday to just kind of refresh, and I'm just paying attention to the Jonesy, the the orange little tabby looking cat, and I'm just yeah. like watching where he goes during the film to figure out what happened. Because at yeah. one point she opens the airlock and blasts the alien out, and I was sitting there like wait a minute, I don't remember where the fudge she put the cat because that cat should have got sucked right out the window. <laughs> and then I realized she put him uh, in the, the cryo sleep tube already. Yep. So it would like seal shut. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> no plot holes here, baby. Watch out. Watch out, bro. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's how now, I rank it. Yeah. Have you seen three and four? I've seen three. I haven't seen four. I saw three because I was... Uh... I just because uh, if you if you don't know David Fincher did that one mm-hmm. um, and I feel I, bad for that man. I, mean, I feel he bad went, for him. He went out to kill kill some bangers, but he is a fantastic a filmmaker. But I, I it's almost like I wanted to watch film. Uh, Alien Three mainly because um, it, hearing about what David Fincher went through on that set is a lot mm-hmm. of like uh, I feel like what a lot of normal people go through in jobs where you kind of are out of it's out of your control what happens and then somehow everyone blames you yeah like a suicide squad situation yeah so to me it's like i wanted to watch it just to see like how something like that came about and then to know where he's come from since is like he has this famous quote where like because of alien 3 he was like if you're if you're gonna because during the time there were so many studio execs and like so many hands in the pot Mm -hmm. trying to tell him what to do the movie comes out, it's received terribly, and then all those hands leave and everyone's just looking at David. Like, it's your fault. Mm-hmm. And then he he internalized that and went, okay, well, if that's how you guys are going to treat it, then I need to be, if, if you're going to blame me, then I need to be in charge. Because it need, if it's going to be my fault, it needs to be because I made a decision that's wrong. True story. Bro. And I feel that way with a lot of things that I go through in life. It's not that I'm trying to be, like, overbearing of, like, control or anything, but if you're going to blame me for something, it better be because I did something, not because you're blaming me because you said this needs to happen. And then it, and then we did it. And then all of a sudden, now that it's not received well, well, you know, you were the one that implemented it or you were the one that like, fuck you. Like you wanted it. You know what I mean? So it's not where the fuck is your accountability. If I'm going to take accountability, it needs to be because I did something. So I mainly watched it just to see like, I can't imagine what that must have felt like to just be like a first time director. So excited to be just get shizzed um, on and just get shit on by it. And then, and then on top of that, to come from that and make some arguably some of the best films of, you know, the, the last couple yeah, of decades, we got? seven know? Zodiac yeah. gone girl, the mind hunter show. I can't even think right now. The man, the man makes fantastic films. Um, very, so. very personal films. Yeah. Right. I, I thought that film sucked for so many reasons. Right. I, in my head, the canon of Alien is one and two. And when Newt and whatnot, they they go off together. They're floating in space just like the first one. Like, that's it for me. Mm -hmm. Because the first thing they do is throw out anything good they had before. And they just chuck it. 
like Luke chucking the lightsaber over his shoulder. 100%. They're like, nah, nah, Ripley's the only one that survived. The rest of these are dead. And then Ripley's got one in her, so she's eventually just going to die, and they kill her at the end. The only other cool cast member is Charles Dance, and they murk him in 20 minutes and yeah. kill that weird... My problem with that film is Ripley never feels like Ripley. And it's not that mm. like Sigourney is phoning it in. It's that they write a completely different character. Like yep. for no reason, Ripley just you know hangs out with the doctor that is supposed to keep her on on watch because it's a weird men's prison and then she just bangs the dude out of nowhere and it's just like what the hell is that about like yep. i don't even understand this and all these corridor shots that are so great in alien and aliens where you get claustrophobia you get the aliens you get the lighting design are just ugly like weird orangey gray tunnels that keep repeating and repeating there's that scene where they're trying to like trap the alien in like the little smelting machine to pour hot iron on it or whatever mm -hmm. I, I believe that was three and they're just running through all these corridors trying to push it in and you have no idea of the space the what the prison really looks like there's no like overhead thing to explain the geography and i, I don't know for some reason for me it just pissed me off yeah it did. and then four <laughs> Four gets even worse for me because then it's way in the future and they clone Ripley. So then she's really, oh, wow. really not Ripley. Is Sigourney, is Sigourney Weaver in that one? Yeah. Okay. She's still there, but it's like some dumb explanation of how they apparently cloned her before she jumped into the fire in the third one. Or I don't know. Mm, and okay. she's now some weird clone. And so she's definitely not the character at all. And then... It's like a baby, weird, hybrid version, and what? it's just so odd. And there's just Winona Ryder just sitting there in every scene. Like, she don't know what, what the movie Where's is. Where's Will? Where's Will? Look at these <laughs> lights. It's very, very odd. And I had mixed feelings when Prometheus came out. If you don't remember, Prometheus is the, uh, basically, it was supposed I to be I saw Prometheus, origin. yeah. It was a long in development trying to get a fifth alien film, and eventually Ridley was like, I'll come back and do it. So everyone, of course, was like, I'm hyped. Mm -hmm. It's going to be really cool. And he gave you this film to try and explain how the Xenomorph was created and came about. And he did, he got two films to do it. Each was a mixed bag of stuff with just weird, non memorable characters. Not even a Xenomorph in the first film, except the little weird baby white one at the end finally yep. got the proper one in the second one but the second one was arguably worse and for me <laughs> the only good thing from them was michael fassbender's androids because he was haunting in those films yep yeah i saw that one at the the universal theater like because i was here at that time when that movie came out and that movie was strange. I think there was some there's creative ideas for prometheus and whatnot like they're very interesting but it almost felt like he was trying to just make a different weird sci-fi film and then yeah. just kind of being like you know what this was how this came about and for me it it never works because again it's it's delving into oh this is this question it, you know we went through this weird hollywood era of just movies that came out with the tagline the untold true story you know what i mean and it was just like here you get the untold story of of alien and i'm like i don't want it exactly bro <laughs> don't yeah. tell it leave it untold bro even until we don't need to know it's just so weird to me like I we're here we're here now in hollywood that. where it just feels like like i just saw that uh a24 is gonna do a halloween 
Um, I think they're doing mm-hmm. a Halloween show, which is Season of the Witch, like a mm-hmm. Season of the Witch type of thing. They're gonna try to do a show about that, and then and then they do they will have the rights to Michael Myers, which means that I've heard they're gonna try to do a movie. Um, I'm pretty sure Bloomhouse just got Freddy. Like, there's just so many like. Oh gosh, I would love yeah. to see a Freddy one that actually works. Though. Yeah, absolutely, Freddy. I do think I would love to see a, a nice remake that, but. It, I guess what I'm saying is that we're just in this like endless loop of like, and it's weird having me say that because I am the king of bringing up old nostalgic <laughs> films. So like, it's it's rich coming from me, but I, I I I do think that it's the state of movies right now. Studios are it's really hard to get a studio to budge on something that's original, yeah, unless we, it's a twenty four. Yeah, because we got some of these all time films, and then. A lot of times they produce cheap sequels to ride the wave but now what we're getting is companies going bankrupt things going down being bought out moved over merged and you're getting new people in charge that are saying you know what we're not doing enough with these keystone properties that we now own we're just gonna beat this thing so they acquire yeah they acquire michael myers and they say you know what he doesn't have a tv show but you know we should run at the same time a tv show a movie and then you have yeah disney absorbing fox absorbing you know pixar absorbing this and they say you know what we haven't seen in a while toy story (laughs) yeah yeah we talked about it it in the uh, power rangers episode where danny and and steven i'm a huge fan of mighty morphin but danny and steven you know danny loves everything power rangers but they're kids now that grew up past Mighty Morphin, and when mm-hmm. they reboot it, they reboot the same fucking season because they know that's where the fans are. But it's like we're past that. Like we mm-hmm. we can we can start making some different shit, and you know, or at least I think we can. But I also understand that as a studio, like you're you're going with what makes money. So you know, like you hear about the Barbie doing really well, so now they're trying to do a bunch of like. Yeah, Mattel you know, Universe. Mattel properties. Universe properties, yeah. just hoping that they can bank off that nostalgia. Like again, mm-hmm. it, it, I get it because I am again a part of the nostalgia machine. But it, we're at a point now where it's like, it sucks, man. Because you, you see these great movies, and I, I, I don't want to have to explain to my kid why the reboot of Alien isn't the same as Alien. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just want to show them Alien. You know, it's it's when I just fully decided to make my own head cannon with properties because any anyone and everyone could just start buying this out grabbing it and making a horrible film and then saying well that's what eventually happened and i have to then accept it and i accept started putting my foot down saying that's not luke skywalker that's that's not, not luke bro i can't that's not that's not this you know what i mean seth rogan isn't pumba bro <laughs> you see what i'm saying like i i it's it's uh, we're not i don't i don't want to have I, i'll be damned if i am blessed mm-hmm. enough to have a kid and my kid is like yeah and his live action's way better like oh. I'm, what go in the will, corner. will smith is not my gene go you in the corner I mean? go yeah somewhere. i uh, i actually saw ludicrous say this really well in a weird interview i caught the other day where he just said Hollywood is a bottom line business. It's about what you put in and what you can make on that return. So, mm. of course, they're going to make 45 Fast and the Furious because they're putting in X amount of dollars and they're getting four times that back. Yeah. It's a business and it's an art, but the two of them have to co-mingle. And that's why we talk about certain films like this, these classics like Alien to F and death because yeah. 
it was a moment in time where art and business intertwined and came out with a, a perfect piece and so you just love the hell out of that dissect it for years and keep going back and back to it you know what i mean yeah because i can, I can have spent and you can have shitty spinoffs of alien 4 or whatever but we all know yeah where the beginning of it came and yeah like you know you or ludicrous said like hollywood's at a point now where think of it like a casino uh slot machine like if they know they can put a certain amount of money in mm-hmm. and they're gonna get double the amount triple the amount why the fuck am i gonna play a different machine they play play the same one over until, and over until the numbers reverse they play it yeah when it fails then it's they don't yeah, care then about it's over you know yeah. they don't care about all oh, this story and this character and this wasn't resolved and now i'm left hanging that doesn't matter to them as soon as the money goes the opposite way it's we're done yeah we're done we're done with this and so we do end up suffering through a lot of weird sequels or you know beating on the same genre getting seven superhero films a month (laughs) and you know martin scorsese's super worried about it but i understand why he's worried about it because it's becoming a weird product that we're just punching in and buying and moving and it's no longer as artistic as it once was so he's quaking <laughs> yeah he is bro but anyway yeah. dude final thoughts bro final thoughts on alien my final thoughts are watch this film in the dark Ooh. and watch it alone because it's gonna take on a new meaning for you when you really sink into that film don't watch it in the daytime with friends around and people are making jokes just watch it alone watch it in the dark on a little tablet whatever the hell you got i don't even care and watch how that it changes watch the music look at the subtleties listen to the dialogue feel yourself in the corridors it's just it's so creepy just watching the camera glide down that empty corridor when they're all asleep and i was like you're not gonna get that when you're just casually watching it we got to be dedicated to these things man 100 percent bro that's my 100%. piece <laughs> that's yeah. my piece final thoughts for me like dylan said man this is uh if you haven't seen it please do yourself a favor i'm not even judging you if you haven't because there's a trillion films out there of course you haven't seen everything but if, if for some reason you missed alien take please take some time out of the the october months where you're gonna be watching something spooky anyway and, mm-hmm. and pencil some time in for alien bro and i i promise you it's gonna be worth your time it's it's one of the best movies ever made it's 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 not even debatable you know so and on top of that now now all i can think about is i gotta get a xenomorph tattoo like i have (laughs) gotta get something crazy i have to bro i gotta think i gotta i gotta start thinking about it Um, hell yeah dude anyway bro it's been cam it's been dylan and this has been extra butter thank you so much for listening uh again this is this is spooky season. This is probably uh, for people who do uh, listen to the podcast and, you know, might be a little bit like, man, you guys don't uh, post as often as I'd like. We totally understand. This is going to be the month where we're hitting it heavy. We yeah. both love, we both love horror films. We both love talking horror films. Um, and yeah, this is definitely going to be the month where you're going to be seeing our face a lot. So be prepared and get spooky with us, man. Okay. Until next time. Later, guys. Later. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.